You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today on the Illini Enquirer podcast, let's talk punter commits, shall we? Uh, we'll do that. Illinois adds a specialist, another one, to the class of 2023. Uh, we'll also talk about some off-weeks um, topics, including injury, uh, what the coaches and coordinators had to say uh, after a win. It's always nice. We get to talk to Bielema and the players after the game, but to talk to the coordinators afterwards. Uh, we got to do that on Tuesday. And Brett Bielema and Bart Miller going back to the Juco route. We'll talk about that as well with Joey Wagner joining us. Joey, how's your off week going so far? Come on. What, what is an off <laughs> week here? Uh, honestly, it's good. It, it's a good chance. No game on Saturday means you can, when you're scouting out high school commit schedules, you can look for that beautiful 1 p.m. on Saturday schedule and, and know yeah. you, you might be able to get somewhere you ordinarily wouldn't. See, uh, I am getting out of town. Uh, I, wife and I heading up to Boston, going to get away for a couple of days, like 48 hours gonna hit up Fenway gonna go on the Freedom Trail and I'll put Joey to work that that's 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 my idea of an off week right there Joey I mean look that's fine I I say I can't say anything I took most of the summer off it's like oh training camps I'm like well I'm not see you later Jeremy good luck so I can't you're in Denver for half of August it felt like I basically moved there I'm lucky I didn't have to pay rent anywhere yeah. So, uh, Joey, we'll have you covered, man. I can't wait to, to see what you get. Um, we won't say where you're going to go yet, but uh, we'll, we'll see on the website this weekend. I'm looking forward to all of that. But here we go. Illinois adds another specialist to the class of 2023, Declan Dooley from El Paso Gridley. Not often that you have a Division One kid, let alone a Big Ten kid, come out of El Paso Gridley. Uh, but Declan Dooley, uh, one of the best punters in the country, according to Coles Kicking, who does a pretty good job. And I know Brett Beal has a really good relationship with, with Jamie Cole himself, who runs that site and runs those kicking camps. Uh, so Declan Dooley, one of the top-ranked kick uh, punters in the country, commits to Illinois. This comes just a few days after an official visit and earning a scholarship. And, and two things stand out to me about this, Joey. One, Brett Bielma is really committed to recruiting this state. No matter where you're from, no matter what position you play, if you're good in state, he wants you to be a part of his program, it seems like. Of course, they go through their scouting. They don't offer everybody. But uh, he's going to uncover every stone in this state. Two, there's an urgency to upgrade the talent in the specialist room. Uh, you've added a scholarship kicker in David Alano. You're the only you know, Power 5 team that offered him a scholarship that early. Declan Dooley, first Power 5 offer is Illinois. Illinois didn't give this a chance to go to February and let maybe some other schools, because usually the specialist offers come late in the process when they know the rest of their class, when they know their scholarship situation. Illinois prioritized these guys in the, in the summer and now the fall, Joey, um, which, of course, 
given what we've seen out of the specialists, inconsistencies the first three games, doesn't come as a huge shock. It's not. I think it's important to note that the changing of the scholarship count from, from a 25 max scholarship to just 85, however you get there, I think that I don't know for sure, but I, I think that plays a role, right? You don't have to worry about somebody being in that 25 window or a blue shirt. It's just the 85, but it is telling, Jeremy, that they weren't waiting around on this, and they went and got the guys that they wanted, and it's the second. There's a very similar path, right? I mean, involved, have them on campus, the whole deal, come in for an official visit, get an offer, commit. Like, that was the David Alano path. It was a Declan Dooley path. But I do think, I mean – and Brett Bielema talked about this. I'm sure we'll talk about it later, Jeremy. Is He didn't say spoiled, but spoiled is kind of the word for what Illinois had for five years at kicker and punter. When you look at the combination of James McCourt and Chase McLaughlin, both on a practice squad right now, Chase McLaughlin might kick on Sunday if he wins this job again for the Colts. Uh, Blake Hayes at punter. I mean, man, dude, it's been really good. And obviously there's like an op- – you can see it, right? When it's not that – when you don't have one of the two best punters of all time on your team anymore, when you don't have two NFL guys, like you can see there's a fall off. So you take it for granted when you have it. You do, man. You do. And, and I think Brett and Joey, if, if, if anything, you're not spoiled by as a Packers fan, it's special teams play. And you know how frustrating come that on, can be. I, come on, man. I, I thought it was going to be an Aaron Rodgers joke, which I would have, I've grown used to, but that's, I'm not ready for that one. That one still hurts, Jeremy. But yeah, and look, Brett Bielma sees two kids in the state who are pretty highly regarded. And don't wait around. Get them in here. Get them. You know, I'm, uh, David Alano, I think, is an early enrollee. He's yeah. he's put out there. We'll see if Declan Dooley is Brett Bielma. Uh, does seem to be quite fond of, of having those. Get them in here and increase the competition, man, because – Right now, there have been some inconsistencies. Yeah, and for these guys, get a scholarship this early at the in-state school. I think you know Greg Frolich is not a name we, we mention a lot, but the, he's been a special teams analyst for Illinois the last couple of years, and he did a great job with both those guys, getting getting in early. Uh, and then Illinois, obviously, evaluating these guys. You and I saw David Alano at the specialist <sighs> camp at Illinois. He looks like a college kicker already. I mean – Maybe he has not, a college leg. Yeah, he, maybe not physically because you, you see him and he looks like a college or a high school soccer player at like five dude, nine, one hundred and thirty pounds. But this he is can, a physical he marvel, Jeremy. <laughs> he, he's like you look at him and you're like, okay, I mean, I'm not trying to knock you. He's not a very big kid. I, I'm sure he would be the one to tell you that. I don't know how he generates the power in his leg because that dude's got a really big leg for not a really big frame. It's 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 insane. Like when you see it, you're like, oh my gosh, what? Yeah, he made. I think in the segment we saw. He made seven of eight field goals. The miss was from 40 or 45, and he just missed it. And he made one from 50. Uh, so, like, th- this kid in pressurized situation really produced. So that was – we saw it. Declan Dooley, I haven't seen live yet, but uh, I know from, from Cole's kicking, his hang time's around five seconds. They really love his hang time. And it's a kid who, you know, really changed his body uh, over the last year. He was like 240 pounds last year, and now you see pictures of him. People are joking about how he can play linebacker for Illinois. He's like 6'3", 200 of rock-solid muscle now. Uh, so he's really changed his body. Miami was interested in him. Uh, Kansas. Kansas was really making a push here recently, so I thought it was smart. If you want a scholarship punter and, and you thought Dooley was that good, I thought it was smart for them to, to lock it down. And I think both those guys can compete next year because, you know, 
Caleb Griffin has another year of scholarship potentially if Illinois wants to bring him back. Hugh Robertson definitely has one more. But after that, I know he's just a redshirt freshman now. Um, Illinois doesn't have to guarantee more than four years of scholarship. Uh, so both those jobs are up for grabs, and, and I would expect both those guys to, to push him right away, Joey. Yeah, I think – and I know there was some – you know, I can't believe they got a – some surprise, I guess, is the best way to put the Illinois offer to scholarship when their punter is a redshirt freshman. Until this COVID – these COVID classes find their way out of college football. And it's still going to be some time with that general. That's not going away uh, for a little bit. Just pay attention to the years they've been here. I think that's the most critical thing because four is the number, right? Like that's, yeah. That's the big number. Once they get four, it's a, it's a conversation. But that's, that's kind of where it gets to. And Bielma just brought this up yesterday. He said we don't have to give guys more than four scholarships. When we talked about the potential of 85 changing, um, there's certain guys that are – fourth-year sophomores right now or fifth-year juniors, they don't have to give those guys another scholarship. So that'll be interesting to see moving forward. Uh, but they prioritize the position, that is for sure. All right, another thing. Brett Bioma openly talked about where he stopped yesterday in recruiting. He said he was in Utah, Kansas, and Pennsylvania. And he mentions he's using Isaiah Adams in recruiting pitches right now, which – means he is talking to Juco offensive linemen. He talked about Bart Miller being on a flight. They had turbulence. I uh, hope uh, Bart got through that all right. But um, they're recruiting Juco offensive linemen. I talked to one of them. We have some names up on the site. Uh, so you can go check that out. Uh, but this makes sense, Joey. Uh, their O-line sell right now is great. You have two guys who just got drafted, Vidarian Lowe and Doug Kramer, that they helped take to maybe a, a little bit higher of a level in their one year together. I think Palcheski's got a chance to be in a training camp next year. Uh, I think Julian Pearl and Isaiah Adams have a chance to play in the NFL. And uh, Adams, man, arguably, along with Palcheski, has been one of their top two offensive linemen. and he, he looks fantastic so far. So this makes sense uh, to go get some ready-made offensive linemen, especially Palchuski and Alex Pilstrom. Both can be gone next year. Pearl and Adams, I would expect, would be back next year. But, hey, if they have great ends to the season, maybe they're guys the NFL at least looks at. So the Juco route, especially for offensive linemen, to get ready-made guys, especially when they've talked about and Bielma got in trouble for this last year about how they just didn't have depth. You know, the class of 20. 19, 2020 for Illinois, 2018. We're not very good with the offensive linemen, so they need to kind of establish that. But Juco offensive linemen are out. They might go continually here because if, if they continue to find success with it and be able to sell it um, to Juco offensive linemen, why not? Um, plus, I just don't think this is as desperate as, as Tim Beckman. They're not going like 10 Juco's in one class and just taking flyers. They're going after some of the best Juco's in the country, and Zach Chrysler and Isaiah Adams were both top 30 guys last year. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. I think the first, and Brett Bielema got in trouble, quote-unquote, when he shouldn't have. I mean, what he said was a fact. And But at, at any rate, like there's always going to be this window of – you're going to probably have to supplement these gaps in your roster somewhere. The gaps at offensive line, like you've got, they brought in a lot of true freshmen this year. They have true freshmen on the way next year. But Jeremy, you've seen this playing true freshmen on the offensive line. We've said it a thousand times in the Big Ten is a recipe for disaster. Yes. It's just not ideal. Well, here, uh, can, can I just bring this back yeah, up again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2018, you got Julian Pearl and Jordan Slaughter. Right, who are finally starting to play a lot now. Um, so that class worked out okay. You missed on a couple other guys. That happens. 2019, you had Evan Kurtz, who's now a defensive lineman. Josh Plore, who, who's no longer 
in the program, right? So that was a weak, weak offensive line class that provides you nothing right now. Uh, 2020, you added Zach Barlev, right? Um, or no, no, this, this is a different class. You yeah. added Kevin Tyler, gone. Pfeiffer Griffin, gone. Blaze Sparks, gone. So the 2020 class, you whiffed on the offensive We're line. still at two. Still at two offensive linemen since 2018 class. And in 2021, you added three guys that are at least on the, the two deep at this point, but Josh Geske, uh, Josh Krutz, and Zach Barlev. And it sounds like Geske might have a chance to be a starter. Krutz might have a chance to be a starter next year. If, if Pilstrom were to struggle this year, I think Krutz could push him. But those guys, I think at least they can feel like they can play at some point, but maybe not quite ready yet. But for three recruiting classes – to have two starters and three two deep guys that's not good enough no especially in a brett bielema program yeah. right like and again there's always going to be some turnover with, with brett bielema coming because they're running a di- like they're looking for different physical traits in offensive linemen there didn't have to be that much turnover because there wasn't that many players mm-hmm. and that's just a fact like the, the, that wasn't there so there was always going to be jeremy this window where you needed to get be at the portal or be at junior college, which you're seeing them go. And you're right, they do have a sell. Isaiah Adams is, is, I mean, they're very, very high on him. Like, we've heard the term special thrown around. We, we've heard the term NFL potential thrown around. I think he's right been now. one of the top 10 players on the team this year so far. Yeah, and he's leading, I think, by, I don't know how hardy a margin in team knockdowns, which is what Bart Miller and his coaching staff and that offensive lineman, they take pride in a knockdown trophy. That exists. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Adams is up there. He had 17 against Wyoming. Do you remember the big deal that uh, Brett Bielma made last year when Doug Kramer had 19? I think it was Nebraska. Like, dude, that's a lot of knockdowns. And then you add the positional versatility. Like, that's a really good sell. They're going to get Isaiah Adams to make money sometime in the next two years. Like, th- that is something that will get people's attention when you walk into a junior college. To your point – they're not bringing in full rosters of junior college players. Like you, their cell, like that's the thing when you have this cell, we don't know how it's going to work. We don't know if they're going to, like if that's going to resonate in this class. But when you have this cell, you can be selective. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take guys because, oh my God, you need people on the offensive line or you're going to play redshirt freshmen, which is, you know, maybe they will have a redshirt freshman. I don't know, but like, it just seems like they're not, yeah. wholesaling everything out there's still a high school aspect to this that really really matters to them yeah and for anybody that's like well what about hunter whiteneck joey okla and all those guys those guys just need time right like uh, you want to start 20 year olds plus year olds uh, on the offensive line in the big 10 now if you got a great one that can come in play right away um that's awesome you know there are some guys that do i remember james daniels at iowa that, that guy was a top 40 pick right so yeah if you get those guys you can put them in there and i know they're probably shooting for some some guys they love to flip at some point um and, and we talked about that on the site you can check that out like they're going to shoot high but you also want players who can play right away and they are going to continually go through some churn it's nice to have another guy uh, or two that you can have via the juco route selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, here's a, a few little off-week updates. We got to talk to all coordinators, including Sean Snyder, uh, the special teams coordinator, but Ryan Walters, Barry Loney, and Brett Bielema on Tuesday via Zoom. So that was nice to, to get all their takes, Joey. Uh, some of the big news, Ezekiel Holmes, as we expected. I think anybody who saw that injury looked like it was going to keep him out for the season. It will. Uh, season-ending knee injury for him at outside linebacker. So Seth Coleman had his best game. That's good news. And Gabe Ackes, uh certainly broke through with two sacks, uh, his first two sacks of his career, the first of many. And Alec Bryant didn't play last game, but Brett Bielma said that was due to concussion. He should be cleared to practice later this week and, and be a big part. And, and you talked with Kevin Kane about uh, replacing Ezekiel Holmes today. Yeah, it's going to be Alec Bryan. It's going to be Gabe Ackes. And I know, you know, it, just because the position is outside linebacker doesn't mean that everybody in that room is largely completely interchangeable. I think there's some cross-training involved, but there's a buck, there's a fox, right? And, and think of it exactly like the animals exist. Bucks are kind of your bigger, more more stout guys. Fox are, are kind of the slippier ones. I believe Seth Coleman's a fox, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the buck position is now somewhere between Gabe Ackes, who I think it's like if you my guess is he would start against Chattanooga. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't I don't know if he's ever going to give up that starting position now. Like I I thought at some point that Ezekiel I thought Holmes, he was going to take it anyway. Yeah, I thought Ezekiel Holmes could lose that job because Gabe Ackes is good enough. It's just going to take some time, right, um, to get him acc- acclimated. And I, I do have a concern about Gabe Ackes uh, moving forward that we'll talk about. But we've seen the first couple games, he's their best pass rusher already. I think Seth Coleman is good. Uh, we just haven't seen him flash as many big plays until last week. Gabe Ackes one-on-one, and he's getting a lot of one-on-one battles when you have Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton. Gabe Backus in pass rush situations has been phenomenal. He has, and we've heard Ryan Walters talk about this after the Indiana game. Remember, he was kind of the third down specialist against Indiana to go back there and get after the quarterback. And the takeaway I had was, okay, but there's more to the position than just going to get the quarterback. There's first and second down responsibilities that aren't always go full speed ahead of the quarterback. And Kevin Kane backed that up. It's just a lot. I mean, he's a freshman, right? He's a true freshman. What a great thing for them to get his feet wet those first yeah. two games to help your team uh, get some pass rush and get a rotation so the other guys could be fresh. 
but he's played like now. that's a, that's the next development. He's one. played really meaningful snaps so that when an injury happened, it, it's not all going to be new to him, but getting to your point, my concern with Gabe Akis is going up against Wisconsin and what, how he does against setting the edge, how he does against a run game, a physical run game. I have no questions about him rushing the passer. He is a natural. Jay Lehman broke it down in our film review this week, talked about it on the podcast. Like He is a natural when it comes to pass rush ability. But in this division especially, against Iowa, who can't throw the ball, against Wisconsin, who's got questions throwing the ball, they're going to run right at you. And those are my questions with him. And it's why I think Alec Bryant is still going to be very important um, to help rotate in there and potentially be better on first and second down. Yeah, I, Gabe Ackes, if he could play Mike Leach teams every week where it's just going to throw it around. <laughs> Purdue? News, yeah. Purdue, yeah. That's not a knock on Mike Leone anyone to think it is. But like that's, that's kind of just what you need to see out of him. And he just hasn't had to – display that through three games because you could just put him in there in third down and say good luck to the people and I asked Kevin Kane I said was this how polished was he when he came in how much did you guys have to kind of refine and he said hey some guys got it and when they got it they got it and they can make you look really really smart and Gabe's a guy who's going to make us look really really smart I'm paraphrasing a little bit but that's he has that like of course are things you have to refine what can you use in this situation versus that situation, but to have somebody come in and then physically, like we marvel not because it's on like, he's a physically impressive individual, dude. Mm-hmm. He is a large man. I remember, he, do you remember after he committed, he had like tweeted a video of him on the beach, like backflipping yeah. just for fun. Dude, yeah. So that's a very large man to do. He's got a lot of athleticism. You couple that with his natural ability as a pass rusher. Like that's the excitement. It's, this is going to be the big key, Jeremy, especially with Wisconsin and Iowa coming up in your next three games. Yeah, see, now you're giving me Bears flashbacks that aren't very good. They're kind of nightmares because Jerron Gilbert, remember him? He was a third-round pick, could jump out of a pool. Uh, he was at 300 pounds or something like that. Could jump out of a pool, um, you know, without just leaping, uh, which was – Cool, but uh, he was not a good football player. Like Gabe Ackes looks like he's going to be a pretty pretty good football he does. player he does. as well. So, uh, yeah, I think it could be a loss of depth, but I think you and I both thought Gabe Ackes at some point could take that job. Alec Bryant had reps. So those are the three. I don't know if they got another guy. And if they have another injury there, that's where depth becomes a concern. All right, let's move on to Caleb Griffin. Obviously not a good start to the season for him. He's four of eight from field goal. It's been up and down for him, right? Like, not a good performance against Wyoming. Second week, great performance against Indiana. Huge field goal at the end. Didn't end up mattering um, because the offense couldn't uh, score anyway. But you also had a terrible game uh, last week. And the field goal he made, Sean Snyder said, actually was on the ground. Like, it was a botched hold, botched snap, whatever it was, a botched operation. And he still found a way to get it in from 23 yards. So, um, yeah, Caleb Griffin needs to make more field goals. But there's some fans that are saying, got to make a change, got to make a change. I don't think that's happening. The coaching staff is expressing confidence in him. I wouldn't think they'd say otherwise if they didn't have confidence in him, Joey. But I just don't think they're going to make a move this early in the season when one thing we saw a lot during training camp, they gave us a lot of special teams time, and Caleb Griffin was by far the best. He wasn't always consistent, but he was by far the best kicker. So if he's your best kicker week in and week out and is during practice, I don't think they're going to pull him now with the potential of having a worse kicker behind him, worse production, and then you lose Caleb Griffin's confidence, right? So I don't expect to change yet, but Caleb does have to be better. 
He does. And, and look, we've talked about it with this team and the razor-thin margin for error that it has. Those kicks have a way to come back and really, really hurt you down the stretch. Like, that's just that, – that's a concern that you have moving forward. You and I both believe he won that job pretty comfortably in spring, in training camp. I, I get, you know, who else is there? Maybe not anyone right now. Yeah, Will McManus is a preferred walk-on freshman. Um, who was, what, top 20, I believe, in Cole's yeah. rankings. But when we saw him, he just wasn't very consistent uh, from practice. And it seems like the coaches are seeing the same thing. And Fabrizio Pintone, we saw during the spring game, and that that wasn't very good. No, so it is it is what it is. And I, I, I don't know, Jimmy, if you got the same thought. Um, it kind of felt like the coaching staff, at least my read of it, thought that the Indiana game might have been kind of the, like that kick against Indiana might have been kind of the wash away Wyoming type deal that was a big kick i mean that, that was a huge came kick. up doing the io ice in my veins thing yeah kid not, look caleb griffin does not lack for confidence that's what sean snyder said yesterday he goes we, i'm not we've worried about him confidence. for five years yeah, yeah. we never a point that i thought this kid doesn't have confidence it's he's having to like that's the thing with kickers dude like you've got to figure this all out like if you're an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman if you miss part of your operation 85% of the stadium probably doesn't have any idea, right? And 85% of the people watching at home probably don't have any idea. Mm-hmm. If you're a kicker, if you're a quarterback, if you're you put it some other wide receiver, like running back, there are positions where if you miss part of your operation, literally everybody knows. Cornerback has talked about Matt's field a lot. So he's got to figure, like, he's not had these opportunities. He's been around forever, but he's not been a starting kicker. I'm not trying to defend like those misses you've got to make, but like there's a lot more context, I guess, kind of baked in to this. And I'm with you. I don't know that the answer is just next, next person. Apparently backup kickers are as popular as backup quarterbacks anymore, man. Well, when Chase McLaughlin won the job over Caleb uh, the first year in 2018, um, that was, that was a little bit of a surprise and, and he just kind of hit the ground running. Um, it was 2017 he won the job but then Caleb was supposed to come in push him a little bit and Chase was awesome like he just took to it right away and was accurate right away James McCourt wasn't very accurate his first two years great from long distance but like some of those inside kicks he struggled with because he had to get used to doing the job like there's a different thing of doing it in practice and doing it in a game with however many thousand are watching whether it's 30,000 or 80,000 like there's a different appeal to that and and Hugh Robertson's going through the same thing with inconsistency of actually doing it in a game and taking it from practice while everyone's looking at you it's a lot different and Hugh's first punt at Indiana certainly seemed to affect his second punt at Indiana since then he's been much better yeah remember Jeremy in 2018 I think it was 2019 would have been the year that after Chase McLaughlin had left I think there was a thought, like especially early in camp, you're like, oh, shoot, Caleb Griffin's going to win the starting job over James McCourt. I thought he had a yeah. really – if I'm remembering that correctly, he had a pretty good start to camp. It sounds like down the stretch he kind of faded a little bit. James found his stride, didn't ever give up the job while he was there. So I, I just think that's interesting. I think to, Brett Bielema does a pretty interesting way of – like in practice, you see it where the whole team's huddled around. It's kind of a kickoff. Like that's a pretty high pressure situation. So it's just, I don't know, man. I just don't know that there's a better option right now on this football team than him. And honestly, outside of those, for Hugh Robertson, Jeremy, outside of those two Indiana Shanks, which 
they hurt. They cost yeah. points. I don't think he's been that bad. Yeah, if you take those two punts out, he's averaging 42 yards a punt. So, like, they count, right? They count, and they hurt uh, because Indiana got at least a field goal after one of those. Um, So, yeah, they hurt, but he's been much better since then. And Sean Snyder said Caleb doesn't lack for confidence. He's not worried about that part. Brett Bielma mentioned confidence, so maybe he he more is, but Sean deals with him more every day. He said it's just about consistency and striking the ball. So I, I just I don't expect a change unless this continues to go really poorly and Will McManus or Fabrizio Pintone is, is killing it during practice, which we haven't heard of. Um, all right, Barry Loney. We got to meet with him. He's frustrated. He's encouraged <laughs> by some things. But you can tell, Joey, uh, he's frustrated that his offense isn't putting up more points because he sees it, we see it, Jay Lehman sees it. They are moving the ball. They are doing some things well, and then they're shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, he said the ball security issues are all different for all these different players. Whether it was Tommy's strip sack, that was a that was not Tommy. That was a bad uh, pass block right there. Uh, and then Chase Brown going for extra yards gets it punched out behind him. Pat Bryant was trying to cover up the ball, but the defender came in at the right time and then the Indiana ones were different so but he said it's frustrating and they're definitely focused on getting that better but he just said we have to be better um you know I've always thought Barry Lonnie is the most important person in this athletic department he feels I it feels like he knows that pressure uh and and he wants to be better because they're so close to it like we can see the ball moving we can see them getting in the red zone they just gotta stop shooting themselves in their own foot yeah, it's it's what really kind of held Saturday's game back from being a total blowout. Like it it felt like a blowout to anybody watching that game. Like that was not a close football game. Twenty one points is still a, a convincing win, but it, it should have been more. I think that was obvious. You have seven alone just if Pat Bryant gets the extra half yard and doesn't fumble it. But it, it, I felt like it was something Barry wanted to talk about yesterday. Like that was my big takeaway from his time. Obviously, you asked about position X, Y, and Z, and, and tried to get information there. But I, I said, you know, what's important this bye week? And one of his longest answers was his answer to that about getting better. And I, I just thought that that was really telling. And you could, like, it's an interesting balance, I think, Jeremy, because you're frustrated in the sense of you're leaving points on the board, be it penalty, be it misexecution. You could put some of the calls, uh, especially at Indiana, uh, on the board there. And, and maybe they're not the right play call down in the red zone if, if you want to get down into it. Uh, turnovers have been a part of that but on the other end dude you're putting up a lot of yards and you're moving the ball and you're putting yourself in a position this isn't uh and there have been three and outs so it's happened but this isn't the three and out parade that we've seen happen offensively with Illinois football over the years so I think you do have like you have to be careful not to minimize those and act like that's nothing and it's just whatever all the bad has come to light because those things are worth celebrating and some of those times like i think he talked about the glimpses the moments the quarters the portions of the game that you see this yeah and you're probably talking about those more if it's not for everything else fans should be frustrated with the offense shooting yes. itself in the foot fans should also see and i think they do that this is a far better offense than tony peterson's right like they, they, this offense can move the ball and can move the ball in multiple ways. I do think there's a talent uh, issue potentially at some playmaking positions. You'd like a, you know, maybe a star wide out that you don't have on your roster. Maybe steal one of Virginia's and you can get open a little bit more in this offense. Um, but like, I think everybody can see that, and Barry sees that, right? Like, you're averaging 400 yards of offense, 200 passing, 200 rushing. That's what you want. You want that balance. And there's not a lot of teams in the Big Ten West 
look up and down it that have balance outside of Minnesota and probably Illinois. Um, and and that's why it's it's encouraging to see some of these things, but frustrating that they lost the Indiana game because of it. Or they could have let Virginia they let Virginia stay in that game in, in the second half. Now Ryan Walters and his crew put it put an end to that. But yeah, Barry said, I think there's also some real sense of understanding from our guys that when we do play, we can be pretty good at times. When we play like we're capable of, we've had some moments here through the first three weeks that have been good offense. We've just got to piece more of those together. And you do that through practice habits because practice habits show up on game day. It's just about being more consistent and not having penalties, not having fumbles and eight turnovers in two games. It's amazing they won one of those games, right? Because they're not going to be able to get away with that uh, most of the time during Big Ten West play. But if they just cut those in half, Joey, they're going to win a lot of Big Ten games because the West is is there for the taking. Yeah, I thought uh, I asked Tip Ryman about balancing the the good and the bad and, and making sure you're kind of staying in the moment on both of those. And he said, we know how good our offense can be. And my first brain, my first thought was, oh, boy, here we go. Like, here comes some coach speak. But then he said, no one else knows how good we can be, and it doesn't really matter if no one else knows. And I thought, all right. Like, that's the – and I think it's a great point. Like, I, I think you have to have that confidence as an offense, right, to say that, dude, we know what we can do, but until we do it consistently and eradicate these issues, does it really matter? I, I just thought that was a really telling answer. Uh, Ryan Walters, uh, I – he just did a victory lap. That's all you have to do after a game like that. I mean, he did say it was it was nice to see the difference a year makes. I thought Brett Bielma was interesting because he said all these seven – he's talked about, yeah. hey, we got seven rematches, right? And he said, well, Barry Lunny doesn't. Barry Lunny's new to all these other teams. Ryan Walters, this is his challenge, is, is seven different matchups. He said the first one, pass to flying colors, right? But now you're going to have – about six more of them uh, in, in Big Ten West play. So I found that interesting. It's a, I think it was a playful challenge to Ryan, but it's also exciting, I think, for Brett Bielema to see how good uh, his defensive coordinator is. But his defensive coordinator is pretty dang good. And, and it's one I would expect if Colorado makes a coaching change, he should be on that list. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's legit, man. Uh, what, what they were able to do. And I just think the mindset he instills in his players, the development – um, of, of his secondary, those guys, how well they play. But there's a mindset of, hey, I'm going to blitz five or six at you, Brendan Armstrong, and your terrible offensive line. And I'm going to trust my guys in the back end to cover one-on-one, sometimes with Kendall Smith over the top. But that that takes a mentality and a mindset. And th- those guys in the back, we know Devin Witherspoon loves it. Taz Nicholson, I thought, had his best game. And, and Quan Martin is playing like a pro right now. Dude, that empowers, I think, those secondary players so much to know that your coach believes in you to do your job for ideally probably not very long, right? Because you would hope the pressure gets there. Uh, I want to circle back real quick to the rematch because I I, I thought that was so fascinating too. And to me, it screamed the next two conference games. Yeah. Especially the one that's going to be at Camp Randall Stadium where your defense just got bowled over a year ago by a Wisconsin rushing attack that historically and will continue to be very, very good. I thought that one came to mind. God, I, can you imagine if they would have won the Indiana game and they go in there four and oh, I mean, a three and one, it's going to be fun. Cause I think, I think the spread might be 10, like not 20, right? Like I, I thought preseason might be 20. Um, that spread could be a lot closer given what happened with Wisconsin last week. And they got Ohio state the week before Illinois. Yeah, and so they've got, I think it's New Mexico State, then they go to Ohio State. 
uh, yeah, I mean, I thought that one really, like, in my mind, uh, that kind of, like, was the – Brett Bielma plants these nuggets like a week or two before they really need to be planted. I thought that was that. Because Him you're probably going to have to hold Wisconsin under 17 points to win that game. Yeah, I would think so. Because yeah. as good as, as big of an improvement as Barry Lunny's been, I still think Jim Leonard's defense is elite. Pretty good uh, defensive coordinator. <laughs> it's the most overqualified coordinator in all of college football. It's ridiculous. That's a that's a fun defensive coordinator matchup because there's going to be a lot of yeah. a lot of busts. Those guys are on about every short list for who could be the next uh, coordinator to rise up. Le- Leonard those- just keeps turning them down. He's turning down Packers jobs. I didn't want to be reminded. Why are you doing this, man? Come on, it's been a tough week. I don't you're you're need... 0 1. I can do this now. It's Packer week. I don't week. need your crap. What, ha- your what crap. happens if the Bears beat the Packers this week? I don't take any calls for a week. <laughs> I don't show up to availability. Do I have to I give you a week calls. off for the bereavement yeah. list? <laughs> yeah, you're on your own for the week. Sorry, I'm not doing it. Uh, but I, yeah, man. I And then the Iowa game, I thought the defense played pretty well last year against Iowa. Charlie Jones, who you're going to have to see again, he hurt you on the kick return. Your offense didn't do anything. But I just, to me, like when he said that, those first two games scream. And then you look at a Minnesota team yeah. where it's like, hey, do it again. Yeah. Do it again. There's a lot of money in these seven rematch games for Ryan Walters. Yeah. There's a lot of money available for it, man. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting, and I, I didn't disagree with him, that Bioma, and you tweeted this out, uh, that Bioma mentioned that Ryan Walters, as good of a defense coordinator as he is, he's better at a position coach. I mean, think about what he's done at safety. Kirby Joseph became, went from wide receiver when they arrived. Now he was a DB and a safety before that, played some safety. But Lovey moved into wide receiver. He becomes the top 100 pick in nine games. In nine games. And then Sidney Brown plays his best football to, to the point that P.J. Fleck called him Troy Palomalu. And Quan Martin is now an NFL kind of guy. Um, yeah, they probably sent that to Kent Key High School, I would imagine. I really, this is funny. I meant to bring this up earlier. So we talked with Aaron Henry today, and, and he was asked about, you know, they've had a lot of PBUs, and he circled Tyson Rooks where it's like, hey, turn your head and get that pick. Yeah. He said, you want to know what interceptions can do to somebody? He said Kirby Joseph had five. His entire life changed. That's what Aaron Henry said. He said everything about Kirby Joseph's life's changed. Would it have changed if he had one? Maybe. Would it have changed if he had none? Probably not to this level, at least right now. You think that's not getting to Kankakee High School, too? Well, and let's be honest. Like, Kendall Smith's been okay. He's been solid, right? He had, had some issues against Indiana. He had two picks. He should have three or four. Like, Ryan, Ryan said that yesterday. He should have four picks. Like, that free safety position in this defense has a lot of responsibility, but a lot of opportunity. When you're pressing like that, and those, you know, those quarterbacks got to throw it into tight windows, that free safety can read the eyes and go get the ball. Like, that's his job. And, yes, it made Kirby Joseph a lot of money. It's given Kendall a chance to have a really good year. And certainly all those other DBs are having a really good seasons to start. Can we rename free safety to just, like, the money safety? Because there's a lot of money at that position, dude. Yeah. Just a center field. Center fielder. Like, go Byron Buxton. Go catch the ball. Dude. Um, it's it's, 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 it's got to be enticing, man. That went to – there's no doubt in my mind that clip found its way to Jair Hill. Yeah. Somehow, someway, that got there. And it should, dude. Like, Brett Bielman's not just blowing smoke. There's real, like, what a way to go on the recruiting trail this week for however much you can, given that it's a short a short open week. And take that, what is this now, 12, 15 games of film from free safety. Eh, let's call it 12 games. You probably don't want to show 
uh, UTSA, Virginia, and yeah. Nebraska from a year ago. But that you're taking some pretty good film out on the road with you. I got one topic I got to bring up with you before we go. Are you amazed that Nebraska thought that Scott Frost's presence in their building for 21 more days was not worth $7.5 million? Like they, they were so desperate to get him out of that building that they paid him $7.5 million more. It's good work if you can get it, dude. <laughs> good for Scott Frost. Everyone wants to give Trev Alberts credit here, okay? He saved $5 million. That, that, that's all. He had a $20 million buyout last year. They just ate a $15 million buyout and wasted a season. Like, that, that's they, not a good... Did move. they? Yeah. What if... Dude, the, we've talked about it. The well, they just had not. to fire all those offensive guys, too, last year. And well, yeah, get they, a new they, offense. They so I don't even know if they saved any money, Joey. What a terrible move by Trev Alberts. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have brought him back. I don't know that the season's wasted yet. Hmm. The West, the, there's some winnable games in the West. I don't know if they're going to. But, dude, you've seen it. New, it's kind of happening. Make, they make a bull. Yeah, the White Sox, Miguel It's Kyle. happening on the <laughs> south side of Chicago right now. I mean, now, Scott dude. Frost is the worst head coach I've probably seen. I, I it just all the games they lost, the close games, but just to be in close games. Like that team was too talented at certain points to be in close games, but there was never an identity. There was never like, and then he kind of acted like a jerk all the time. Um, I just, I don't know how that went so wrong. It just went so bad. And they brought him back for a year and then they fired him three games in. And I don't think in the long run they saved any money because they had to go hire Mark Whipple and give him a bunch of money, fire a bunch of guys and buy them out. What a terrible move by Trev Alberts when you could already had somebody else in here. <laughs> Jeremy Werner versus Scott Frost is my favorite college football rivalry. Nebraska deserves better. Now they need they need to realize what they are now is not what I like when I started watching college football. It was the triple option, Tom Osborne, the end of it. They're competing for national championships, competing for Big 12 championships. That's not who they are anymore. You but and Bo Pelini was mean, but that's who you can be. You, you can be that team who wins eight, nine, ten games. You can be Wisconsin or Iowa. You can be those programs, but you got to find a good coach, somebody who can build things up. Not Bill Callahan. You know, Bo Pelini did it, um, but not Mark Riley because he's nice, or Mike Riley because he's nice. Uh, Scott Frost made all the sense in the world. I'm not going to make uh, fun of them for hiring him, but it just obviously did not work, and, and it was a disaster. So go. Go find a program builder. I think it's. I think Lance Leipold would be a really, really good hire. Go shoot your shot for Matt Campbell. That'd be an A hire for Nebraska. I think it'd be a C plus move for Matt Campbell. Maybe a C move. Uh, I think he can wait and, and for a potential bigger job, but you're never guaranteed uh, that a bigger job is going to come along. So uh, shoot your shot for some of those big guys. But I think somebody like like Lance Leipold would make a lot of sense. I don't care who Nebraska hires. I need to know, Jeremy, how far is too far if Scott Frost gets another head coaching position for you to go to the press conference, introductory press conference, and ask why? Who do you think you are? How far is too far for you to be willing to travel to go do that? Where, where, where is Scott Frost's next job? Is he the Alabama analyst? Is that what he is next? Go, go through the Nick Saban school of rehabilitation? I mean... I, I get I mean I, I don't know man if I'm Scott Frost dude, if you're a Missouri Valley school do you hire Scott Frost hell yeah right I don't think I do good god good god dude here if, honest, honestly though like let, let's be honest that had to have been a 
he got paid a lot of money. And I know like that's the thing with coaches is we're not allowed to say something's miserable because they're getting so oh. well compensated. Dude, that had to suck. That that just had to suck. He, he was the he was the prodigal son. He's coming home. He's going to rebuild Nebraska in this fun offense that he had at UCF, maybe the USC of the Big Ten kind of thing, and it just never got hold. They're terrible in the trenches. They're obviously terribly coached to lose that many close games and to have like that's something we don't talk about enough. Is oh, he's got this record in close games. Like they shouldn't have had that many close games. They should have won way more of those games. Uh, and defensively, last year they had a couple of really good players: JoJo Doman, uh, Cam Taylor, Britt. They lost those guys, and that's why I, I had them seventh in the Big Ten West. I'm like, yes, they have Casey Thompson coming in. I thought Adrian Martinez was pretty good, and I didn't think they got enough out of him. They always had good skill players. They just weren't good in the trenches and weren't good defensively. And I just never knew what was what was he trying to be there. And he just never established it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would imagine, dudes, the last six months specifically, when that's all you're talking about is your job. And he deserved it. He deserved every last question he got. If I'm him, I'm on a beach with my $7.5 million for the next, like, obviously the rest of this year, probably next year, and just getting away from everything. Right? I mean, why, why would you want to? Because the next place you go, you're going to be so fresh of mind where yeah. – you're answering all that again. I'm hanging out for a while. Maybe a beach at him. Scott Frost actually probably doesn't strike me as a beach guy. He's probably somewhere in the mountains. He's a Chip Kelly whatever. guy. Chip could bring him on staff. That's probably what he needs to do. Go be the offensive coordinator for them or wide receivers coach or analyst or whatever. Starting in 2024. And if the Big Ten was really looking for it, <laughs> UCLA, do it. Nebraska, do start it. it. Do it. it. That is what Jeremy will cover. Yes. Specific request to talk to offensive coordinator Scott Frost after the game. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, Joe. I know I think we covered it all well, there. Go ahead. Can we can we give the quote of the week? Yes. The the Brett Bielema, Isaiah Adams. Do we do we have to week? tell parents to uh yeah. Uh parents turn it down or or skip thirty seconds. Earmuffs. It's called yeah. earmuffs. Earmuffs this. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'll let you do it. It's your it's your show here. <laughs> Did you type it up on the site? I, I want to get this quote exactly right. There's really three words you've got to get right. It is obviously <laughs> typed up on the site. I, I will get it here. Uh, but my question was just how valuable Isaiah Adams has been for this team because he's been phenomenal to be able to play left guard as good as he has and then go over to left tackle and not care. But Brett told me, I will tell you what I've learned. Mr. Adams is a very nice, soft-spoken kind of individual, but on Saturdays, he is a big-ass prick. <laughs> We've got to control his demeanor because he's gotten two personal fouls and two other calls. We've got to clean him up, which is good. I'd much rather take that out of him than try to put that uh, in him. So, uh, great quote from, from Brett Bielma, who still does that every once in a while. It seems like he tries to hold back from saying some of those things, but every once in a while, um, he'll let that go. And we know Brad Underwood. <laughs> He's, he's in a spot now where he doesn't have to worry. Like, Brad is One. so safe. He's not going to get any crap from Josh Whitman or anybody else or Derek Burson, whoever it is. He can drop those F-bombs, S-bombs, whatever he wants, whenever he wants. One single tear rolled from Brad Underwood's face when he heard that Brett Bielma said that. It's It, it was almost like Brett Bielma thought, too. Like, should I say? Like, he ah, did. Whatever. He took, like, a moment. And he goes, big-ass prick. It's a shame. I don't know Isaiah Adams' NIL status because he's Canadian. That is a T-shirt, man. Someone make it a T-shirt. Somebody in Canada make it, and I think he can still make money off that, I think. 
Canada, if you're Cam Cox, figure make it a out. T-shirt. That's an awesome NIL deal. That and my other one that I will speak to existence before he leaves. Brett Bielmas called Hunter Whiteneck a van. Someone get this young man a Chrysler Town and Country to drive around town and load up all of the offensive linemen, well, as many as you can reasonably and safely get yeah. in a van, and give this young man a Chrysler Town and Country. He's kind. Of, he's kind of the work van, right? The white van, like my father-in-law has. Construction guys have. Like the utility it's a man. modern world, Jeremy. It's a modern I, world. He's got, he got all these friends, and they're going to want TVs and the windows. Chrysler Town & Country. Or Pacifica. I, well, I, well I, I am a proud owner of a Honda Odyssey. Love, love the, the minivans. Uh, but he's not a minivan guy. He's he, he's a full-blown van guy. Like my mom's old Astro van. That'd be great for Hunter White. With, like, the curtains and stuff yeah. in the back? And, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Someone get this... Can someone please give Hunter Whiteneck a 1990 Astro van? Right, the least the least aerodynamic van would be Hunter Whiteneck. Because I don't think aerodynamic when I think Hunter Whiteneck. Look, I know, you know, you get to fly to all these games. If he gets that, he's almost got to drive the Hunter Whiteneck mobile around Big Ten land on his way to games, right? Yeah, at least to Purdue or something, right? Or the family, or he's just got to lend it out to his family. It's got to be that's the... Like the it. way they travel. All right, Joey Wagner, have a good uh, busy week of work. Enjoy Boston, man. Have a beer for me. <laughs> I will. A couple of Sam Adams for you. Thank you for listening to the Atlanta Enquirer podcast. Everybody give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy your off weeks, whether it's going to a pumpkin patch or whatever you're doing, drinking beer like Joey Wagner. That's what we do as dads. We go to pumpkin patches, Joey. Why? It's, what, it's for the gram. It's for the gram. For the gram. You got a pretty robust Instagram dad life. I don't. I, don't, I have one for Lana Inquire that I barely ever update. So you can check that out. For those for those not going to a pumpkin patch, make chili. It might be hot though. It might be too hot for chili this week. Just watch football. Watch yeah. football all week. That's have what, a couple beers for me. That's what you got to do. Uh, watch some football. I uh, appreciate you listening. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on YouTube as well. We appreciate that. Take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Lana Inquire podcast. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.